Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And this is our third and final week in our Do Not Fear series. Don't forget that subtitle, A Biblical Study on Responding to God's Faithfulness. Y'all, Amanda and I have so enjoyed this study personally, but we've also really loved the conversations that we've been having for the podcast. I hope you guys have been too. This week, we are joined by our friend, Scarlett Hildebeidel. She is not just our friend. She is also an author of a lot of books, including... Afraid of All the Things, Anxious, and coming out in April, You're the Worst Person in the World. Yes, those are all titles of her books. <laughs> Y'all, I just so enjoy Scarlett as a writer, and you're also, I think, going to really enjoy this conversation with her just as we, the three of us, talk about the scripture that you guys are going to read this week, but also just the topic of fear and anxiety. It is a conversation that is worth our time, and we really think you're going to enjoy it. So let's get right to it. Scarlett, welcome back to the She Reads Truth Podcast. We're so glad you're here. I'm so happy to be back. And all the way from California, Tennessee misses you. It's I, true. I miss Tennessee too. Yeah, but it's good. It's good. You went where the Lord went and took you, and that's good. Mm-hmm. So good job. Way to obey. Thanks. Also, we miss you. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you guys too. Last time you were here was like over a year ago, so it feels like a very long time, too long, but I'm really excited that you're here for this particular series because it feels like this is a topic, a subject matter that you're totally not unfamiliar with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like any one of us could say that, but you (laughs) specifically have done a ton of work not just writing um, to women and to teenage girls, but you've done a lot of research and you've given a lot of thought to the topic of anxiety and fear. Talk to us about why. Why is this something that has been an interest for you? Because it's been the battle of my life and it's been like the main thread in my testimony of learning to walk with Jesus has been untangling like, okay, you know, I grew up afraid of everything, high anxiety, And then that Mm -hmm. ended up being all tied into my faith because I was raised to believe the Bible. I was raised in the church. And so my anxiety kind of permeated into my walking with Jesus. Like, oh, am I doing this right? Am I reading the Bible Mm -hmm. enough? Am I a good enough Christian? Is he going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant? And so I ended up kind of like, yes, I had a heart that was like believing in Jesus. And I believed that I was his and loved, but I was just this kind of joyless, miserable Christian because I was striving for a love from God and an approval that I already had. And so the reason that I'm so passionate about it and I write about it and talk about it all the time is because the gospel, you know, learning, walking with Jesus helped me realize that the whole point of Christianity is that you can't get it right. And Jesus did all the hard work for us and um, meeting Him in His Word, you know, which is all about Him and communicating with Him and hearing from Him and getting to know Him is the way to live with peace and not in a, oh, let me fix yeah. myself way, but in a, oh, this right. is what I was made for way. So that's why. And, you know, I've been so grateful, like you said, to like research it because I, my first book was just like, bleh, this is what God's taught me. And then I did the Bible study where I was like a college student. That's what I felt like, you know, yeah. reading commentaries and like studying what does the Bible say about fear or not? You know, what does the Bible say about that? So that's why. <laughs> Yeah. I remember, and I don't feel bad repeating this because it's been long enough that possibly our listeners didn't hear this. So I'm saying it again. Last time you were on the podcast, it was our Promises of God study. And I shared that one of my favorite stories that you wrote in your first book, Afraid of All the Things, is the story. Do you remember what my favorite story is? Didn't it have to do with airplanes or something? Yes, okay. it's the one about the springs on the bottom of the airplanes. And it feels not only so relevant to the topic of the promises of God, but it's so relevant to this as well. And the like, the gist of this story, like, go buy the book and read it because there are a hundred other stories in that book that are just <laughs> as great as this one. And so when you were little, you traveled a ton with your mom, who obviously traveled a lot for work because she was an actress, is an actress, but you were on airplanes a lot and you felt fear. And you said, you know, you told the story about the flight attendant telling you, don't worry, you don't have to be afraid. There's springs on the bottom of these airplanes. So if they fall, they'll bounce back up. And like the point that you made, which I felt was just <laughs> so poignant was just like, she comforted me with something that wasn't true. And so I found comfort in this thing that never was going to happen or true or give me any security. And what I missed out on was being comforted by something that was true and something that couldn't go away and that 
that actually could save me. Um, yeah. And I just think like that story continues to like echo in my head and just remind me that we don't have to console ourselves or each other with untrue things because there are true things. And that's what we look at in the study. That's right. Do you like it when I tell stories from your books? I love it because when you brought it up, I was literally <laughs> thinking, oh no, I forgot what this story. I remember the flight attendant, but I was like, what was the point I made? And then it came back to me. But yes, yeah, no, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, I love that book. It was so good. Aww. You must have told it well because mm-hmm. she Aww. remembered it and it's been a couple of years now. Yeah. Yeah. But that's exactly what we're doing. I mean, this is our third and final week of this series where we are looking at not just some of the commands of, you know, we're God says, fear not, or do not fear, don't be afraid. Like it's all throughout scripture. Mm -hmm. But we're also looking at narratives in scripture where there is fear and where people were afraid or were in situations that were scary or intimidating or fearful. And so in what is totally applies to the springs on the bottom of the airplanes is that we, you know, oftentimes want to say, well, do not be afraid. Okay, well, I just won't. I'll try real hard not or to be afraid. because that thing you're afraid of isn't likely to happen or... Right. Right. Or we just, we make it either about something that isn't true or we make it, we put the onus back on us to say that there's something that it's going to be okay because here's what I can do to make this better or right. here's here's the thing that the way that I'm going to respond. But if the responsibility lies on us, you know, that's the same as the springs on the airplanes. Like we can't do that. We don't have that within us Mm -hmm. to cure ourselves of fear or to cure our circumstances of scary things. Like that's not a power that we have. We aren't gods. We're looking not about like, okay, what in us can we cultivate so that we won't be afraid? We're looking at, okay, what's already true of God? Mm -hmm that can comfort us and help us to respond differently when we are afraid, because we will be afraid. Yeah, I like that you just said when we are afraid, because Mm -hmm. like we talked about last week, in the Psalms, David says, when I am afraid, Mm -hmm. I X, Y, and Z. Like, But it's not like if I ever start to fear, it's when I am afraid. And I think it's just so universally true, don't you think, Scarlett? Oh, yeah. And I mean... I forgot about the airplane story till you brought it up. But what I was thinking the whole time you were talking, Amanda, was because we have this in common. Our, we both flew with our families to China for China mm-hmm. adoptions. The second part of that story in the book about the airplanes is fast forward to when my oldest was five and we were getting ready to get on an airplane to go to China to adopt Joy. And <laughs> my five-year-old appeared out of thin air while I was being sarcastic slash fearful slash trying to be funny with my husband and saying, so would you rather like get shot out of the air flying over Russia or like die like plunging into the North Pole when we, you know, that's just where my brain goes. In what way will we go down, honey? (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) So Uh I'm saying these things and then my five-year-old's like, I don't want to go to China. What? (laughs) And in that moment, I remembered the airplane flight attendant. I remembered the airplane flight attendant and I thought I have a choice to make right now. I can comfort my daughter with, you know, oh, it's going to be fine. An untrue thing. E- or yeah. even if it's not untrue, even if it's just like, or that is untrue yeah. actually, but even if it's mm-hmm. just, don't worry, you know, or I can try the word of God. And so I did. And I, it's so funny because I'm a human. So I, me too. you know, <laughs> same. I'm so glad, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't always feel strong and I don't always feel, you know, I'm, I'm like doing it thinking, okay, God, I hope you use this, but I didn't know if you would. And so I just mm-hmm. kind of tell her what the truth of scripture that God, you know, God's in control of that airplane. Like he is sovereign and mm-hmm. we don't have to fear because we know he loves us. So even if bad things happen to us, we have the hope, you know, I go through the whole thing mm-hmm. expecting yeah. her it's to the whole still, like what can separate us from the love of exactly. God. Exactly. Not even airplanes. Not even airplane crashes. Or you know? oceans. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I assumed that that wouldn't really work because, you know, <laughs> and it did though. She was like, oh, okay, mommy. And then she just walks away and I'm like, and she's like, okay, mm-hmm. I want to go to China now. And it was like, I was so struck by like the faith of a child and also the power of scripture. Like, it's yeah. living and active and like and you, it's forever. It's and for it's her. forever. Yeah. I said forever, like, but I was talking about your daughter ever. It's for my daughter it's ever, forever. Grace. And yeah. it's also mm-hmm. forever, forever and ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So this week, here are the truths that we are going to mm. get to read and dig into this week. So do not fear, for he will not leave you, mm-hmm. for he rescues and delivers, mm-hmm. for he is your peace. 
for he sends you, for he is able to heal. Mm -hmm. Those are true statements about our God. Based on scripture. That's right. If you only ever get as far as the table of contents, you will Mm -hmm. be encouraged. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's true. And we're going to start with a narrative from the book of Joshua, from Joshua chapter one. That's right. So every day in this study, and so including this week, there will be a narrative. We start with that and we just start with a story. And Amanda and I are trying so hard not to read the whole narrative to y'all. They're so good. But they're so good. (laughs) And we understand that the point is to just get you excited about reading for the week. Please do that. We might read some of the narratives. Listen. We're just excited, and they're beautiful, and there's so much to learn. Okay, talk to us about Joshua, Amanda. Well, I think we need to just read some of this from the beginning. (laughs) Great, Um, let's go. So Joshua 1, um, let's do verses 1 through 5 to start. Scarlett, would you read for us? Sure. Okay. Okay. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites, and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Yeah. Well, that's a good start. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, Moses, this figurehead, you know, for the Israelites has died Mm -hmm. and Joshua has some really big shoes to fill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I love, I was just scanning over what you just read as you're reading it and there's no mention of fear here yet, (laughs) but it's definitely the subtext, Mm -hmm. right? And that, you know, I'm going to go with you. I will be with you just like I was with Moses. And then he continues on, be strong and courageous. And we, you know, we remember from when we studied Joshua not too awful long ago, I don't it's been over a year now, that, you know, this repeated, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then Joshua will turn around and say it to the people. Do not be afraid. The Lord is with you wherever you go. And if you see the word courageous, be courageous. The subtext there, of course, is there's probably something scary. Like there's probably mm-hmm. a reason that you're going to need to have courage. So even though you, like you said, Amanda, like there's not a mention specifically of fear, there is a mention of courage. Right. And it's just this repetition of, I will be with you. I will be with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it comes to anxiety, your Bible study is literally called anxious. <laughs> yeah. Correct? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Subtitle, and fighting so, anxiety with the word of God. <laughs> because Amen. Yeah. That's our girl. That's right. Oh, it's so good. We'll link to that in the show notes. Um, oh, as we're well linking to all of the books. There's everything, so many good ones. <laughs> because there's a brand new one oh, coming right. out. Yes. Wait, when does it come out, Scarlett? April 5th. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that's right around the corner. Okay. Tell us what it's called and what it's about. It's called You Are the Worst Person in the World. And I wanted a Christian book on a coffee table that said that. My friend made a joke <laughs> and it made me laugh. And I was like, that's got to be a book. We're um, doing this. <laughs> yes. Um, it's the subtitle. We'll explain it. Why it's the best news ever. I might be getting it wrong. I keep forgetting because they've it changed. Me. It's long and glorious. Why it's the best news ever that you don't have it together, you aren't enough, and you can't fix it on your own. That's what a- it's about. Amen. <laughs> that is the best news ever. Because that is the true news. Yeah. And the best news is that we don't have to be those mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. Jesus is those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. I mean, that really links me into my thought on this passage, Joshua 1, yeah. because, you know, the new book, You're the Worst Person in the World, it's story after story <laughs> of like my failures. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> I'm, I just I'm like finished, side noting, but I can't wait to get my oh, hands on it. I'm I just finished editing it and I'm like, oh, wow, I really shared my worstness in this book. So it's like, Story after story of my failures, um, but also how <laughs> oh, like that's fun, re- like yeah, fun. so fun. Can't wait. For but you, you tell the stories like in such a way that I like can't look like I can't stop turning the pages. Oh, you're so like, sweet you're such me. a good storyteller. I love you. Thank you for saying that. Um, anyway, I'm a little nervous to put it out there because I was very honest about <laughs> the bad parts yeah, of me. But good. it's all about Jesus, right? I keep telling myself my job is that's to right. point to Jesus. We're all the worst, and that's the point of the book is that. Be strong and courageous. We are not going to get it right all the time. Um, That's right. We are going to fail. But the beautiful thing is our failures can push us into the spot of humility where we're like, oh, I need Jesus. And that's the whole point of the that's book right. is I want people to get from 
away from the message of like, I got this, I'm enough, to no, I'm not enough. I need to be dependent on the Lord. And Mm -hmm. my failures can remind me of that. And then I can repent and then I can find the joy and peace. I'm always wanting the joy and peace, you guys. That's always my goal. But anyway, about the Joshua passage in, you know, what are we in? Day 15. This passage is so, so special to me because I still have my first Bible that I was given when I was born. It's the blue leather Bible. And so, like, there's writing in it from 1988 when I was two years old. And the first thing that was ever written in it with a date, it was my mom's handwriting, and it was literally these verses, and she underlined verses eight and nine. She underlined, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I just remember being a scared kid. And being pointed to that and being like, oh, but I'm not strong and I'm not courageous, so God must not love me. Because that was like how Mm. my brain was interpreting these beautiful Uh verses. And rather than seeing what you just said, Amanda, that again and again, he's like, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. He does tell us not to fear, but we are able to do that because he's with us and because he loves us. And it's not a condemnation. It's It's a comfort, you know? So I just was so excited when I saw that this was the day we were talking about because that verse was a burden for me before I understood what it was actually saying. And before I understood that it was like God talking to Joshua, like, yes, God's word is for me. But it was like, I didn't know how to read scripture and be like, okay, here's the context and here's how the Holy Spirit can use it for me. All I saw was, oh no, it's a command and I'm doing it wrong, (laughs) you know? I'm messing this up. Yeah, I think that we read that command in scripture that don't be afraid, do not fear. And as much as we try not to, I think from time to time, we see it as condemnation or a finger wagging of just like, Mm -hmm. would you just stop being afraid? (laughs) And that's just not, that's not the spirit of it. That's not, in alignment with the character of God, who's the one saying it. But somehow we trick ourselves into thinking that it's, that scripture is the thing that's ashamed of us or disappointed in us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's do not be afraid for I am with you. And, you know, thinking about anxiety specifically, that, you know, as a type or manifestation of our fear, that truth that God is with us, Mm -hmm. it may not take that anxiety away, but it definitely helps to put it in perspective. Like, And it's something, I think this is one of those truths that I need to remind myself of it all the time. Like this isn't a one and done thing. This is a like, but God is with me and still, and an hour later, He's still with me. Um, And it's that gift of the Holy Spirit, you know, that is not just do not fear, period. It's Hmm. do not fear for I am with you Mm -hmm. and I will not leave you. The specific, you know, the day is worded as for he will not leave you. And I think that that as a source of anxiety too, that like that will be left or abandoned or emotionally left, like, you know, misunderstood or even discarded because mm-hmm. we didn't because of our failures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love 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 and just go ahead and pretend like I said 100 more loves <laughs> Psalm 91. I'm going to read it for us. Do um, it, do it, do it. I won't sing it. Psalm 91, the protection of the most high. The one who lives under the protection of the most high dwells in the shadow of the almighty. I will say concerning the Lord who is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, He himself will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord my refuge, the Most High, your dwelling place. No harm will come to you, no plague will come near your tent, for He will give His angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. Because He has His heart set on me, Mm. I will deliver Him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. This is the word of the Lord. I mean, it's just 
beautiful. I'm so thankful to the Lord for the beauty of His Word, mm-hmm. because even even that poetry, like the form in yeah. which these words are given, and the imagery, yes, it's like it's like a lullaby, like it's mm-hmm. singing over mm-hmm. us. It's yeah. singing to our hearts. You want to sing it? I, I can do. tell. I do. You'll sing it too. It'll be like a, a bonus <laughs> bonus track, <laughs> bonus <Yes>. content. <laughs> but here's the thing. There are some things that are said in here that we really want to pluck out and use in the way we talked about the springs on the airplane. Mm -hmm. You know, like you won't get hurt, essentially, is what I want to say. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like there's no one... No plague will come near your tent. Right. I mean, a plague has come very near our tents recently, (laughs) right? Yeah. And so it's, you know, to remember that God's promises, we want them to mean... No suffering, no harm, yeah. no uncertainty. You're right. It's but good what, to ask. Like it's good to ask. Like, mm-hmm. okay, how do I how do I read Psalm 91 and interpret it appropriately? Right, do right I now. take this and go like, but God promised that <laughs> nothing bad will ever happen to me. Right? Is that what God is promising? Is no. that what He's saying? So, like, yeah, explain that to us, Amanda. Well, I mean, unpack all the things and know them. <laughs> <laughs> Scarlet, feel free Teach to us, uh, jump no, in I'm, here. Oh, bad connection. Amanda, it's you. (laughs) (laughs) Going through a tunnel. Um, I mean, I think we can't say what you just said because Jesus himself says, in this world, you will have trouble. That's right. I mean, Scripture— And we also know that the mortality rate is 100%. Unfortunately, that is true. Of humankind. Yeah. This whole thing reminds me that he's out for our good. Like, he—even the— You're right. We look back at the bad stuff, and we see his hand in it, and we see his protection, even— when we experience suffering, I mean, Amanda, I want you to teach me things that you're about to say, because that's such a hard <laughs> thing to grasp, because you're right. It's like, have I hit my foot on a stone? Yeah. But can I think of so many times when the Lord's protected me that I take yes. for granted, or mm-hmm. times that I have walked through suffering and experienced the joy of hope for that day mm-hmm. when really nothing bad can happen to me, which is our that's ultimate right. hope someday. And here's the beauty. We actually don't have to interpret Scripture solo. We can ask Scripture to interpret Scripture. Mm-hmm. And I think about even some of the passages that we read last week that said, like, that he who trusts in the Lord lacks no good thing. Mm-hmm. And we were like, is that true? And then we yeah. found how it was true. And in the same way we read, I think it was from maybe Psalm 56, this thing of, like, what can mere mortals do to me? Right. And we remember They actually that, can do a lot. That maybe our bodies are not secure, but our hope is secure. Yeah. And our souls yeah. are secure. And and so even when we read this in the context of the rest of Scripture, mm-hmm. I think it makes a lot more sense. And then you get to John 14. And I love, I mean, verse 27 says, peace I leave with you. This is Jesus speaking. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled or fearful. I think you're on to something. Scarlett, see what you think about this. Not as the world gives. I think this safety that we want to call out in Psalm 91 is true safety, but it's not as the world gives. Exactly. The world can give me, you know, maybe a safer car so that if I'm in an accident, I'm hurt less. More airbags, the better. (laughs) Right. The world can give me medicine to Mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, ease an ailment. Or prolong my life in whatever way. Maybe even temporary healing. But as the world gives is temporary. Everything the world gives is temporary. As God gives... Like this, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Those, eternally speaking, 100% every time. Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Yeah. We have 100% mortality rate, and we also have 100% God is trustworthy rate, fidelity rate. Mm -hmm. We're going to now look at Mm -hmm. Daniel and the lion's den. Rachel, give us the like... The elevator, the elevator uh, story. story. The ele- what, let's ex- maybe we explain what that means. You and I immediately went to the same place. <laughs> I was going to say elevator pitch, which mm-hmm. is not the same, but so the, the condensed version yeah. of this story is what I'm asking for. Okay, because we're trying not to read the whole thing so that y'all can read this on Tuesday of this week. It's the story of Daniel in the lion's den, and it begins with the king, King Darius, is appointing a whole bunch of people, like 150 guys, and then three administrators over them. And as that kind of unfolds, Daniel kind of rises to the top, and everyone gets jealous of him. And the thing is, there are so many like foreshadowings, we'll say, Mm. of the story of Jesus 
here Mm -hmm. because even you look at, you know, in Daniel chapter 6, verse 4, it says, The administration and satraps, therefore, kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom, but they could find no charge or corruption, for he was trustworthy, and no negligence or corruption was found in him. Does that sound familiar? does sound familiar. But they go on and they get King Darius. You guys know the story. They get King Darius to sign a thing where they're like, the only thing that we're going to be able to get on Daniel is something that actually has to do with his faithfulness to God. If we make it illegal for him to pray. Yeah. And so they do that. And King Darius is like, oh, that seems fine. I'll sign a thing that can't be reversed. And sure enough, Daniel hears about this. And what is his response? In verse 10, it says, When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in its upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem, because remember, he's in exile in Babylon. And three times a day, he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. And you all know the rest of that story. And if you don't, you'll read it tomorrow. But he gets caught. Like, they're lurking at the door, Mm -hmm. crouching at the door, and they catch him. And then they tell Darius, like, sorry, like, you're the one that said this, technically. And so he goes, and he's thrown into the lion's den. And another foreshadowing of Jesus, a stone is rolled in front of this, and he's entombed with the lions. Mm -hmm. He spends the evening on his knees with angels Mm -hmm. and closed-mouthed lions. Mm. I mean, it's okay. So it's a good story. It's a good story. That was my like summary. I don't know if good you guys needed me to tell you that story because you know it. But I want to read verse 19. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he reached the den, he cried out in anguish to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, the king said, has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Has he been able to? And then Daniel spoke with the king. May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they haven't harmed me. For I was found innocent before him. And also before you, your majesty, I have not done harm. And it's just this beautiful unpacking because a third foreshadowing of the New Testament, verse 25, then King Darius wrote to those of every people, nation, and language who live on the whole earth, May your prosperity abound. I issue a decree that in all my royal dominion, people must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. Mm. We get this like every nation, tribe, and tongue situation. And then he goes on and, and worships the Lord. And it's this beautiful thing because Daniel only did what he was always doing. Went away to pray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have some questions about this related to this for you, Scarlett, because The next reading day for this week is, for he is your peace. Mm. Peace is obviously something that we all long for, you know, inner peace we want to, I mean, and even externally, like I want to be at peace with the people around me, like peace, peace matters. The story for that reading day is from Judges, and it's about Gideon and the Israelites. But what puzzles me about the concept of peace... (laughs) and maybe you can speak to this, Scarlett, is how does it go from being something that is just like this abstract concept that we know we want and need? Because I believe that the peace God promises is real, like not of this world, right? Mm -hmm. Right, as we just read. How do we take that from being this abstract to like, okay, understanding and like kind of putting our hands on it. Like this is a real thing that we're given in Jesus. And there are some passages, of course, that we have that we can read. But as you were studying anxiety, like peace feels kind of like the opposite of anxiety, right? How do we get there as Christians? Such a good question. I mean, I spent my whole life trying to figure that out. And I continue yeah. to. Here's what. And here's it's okay I'm if at. you don't have it figured I out. I mean, right? <laughs> here's the part of it that I think I have figured out. I think a huge part of it is obedience, and that is something that you know. I guess people say, "Do it, even though you're scared," kind of thing. I think there's so much in Scripture, and so much from just examples of people, like what we just talked about with Daniel. It's like we don't know exactly what his internal feeling was when he did what he always did and prayed. I just know that. In my own life, and when I look at Scripture, I see the anxious side of me wants to be like, I better obey so God will love me, which that is not truth. But the cool thing is, and we know this from studying Scripture, is that when God gives commands, it's for our good. It's because He loves us, because He wants us to have the peace. And He knows, like you said, Amanda, like Mm -hmm. He's where the peace is. And 
that ultimate peace That's is right. found in him and only in him, it's not as the world gives. So I think a huge part of it is obedience. So when you're walking with the Lord and you feel like the Holy Spirit's prompting you to do something that feels scary, for me, it's so mm-hmm. often relational things. Like I just have so much fear surrounding all sorts of relational things. Am I supposed to reach out to this person? Did I respond in the right way to this person? Is this person going to want something for me that I don't want to give them? You know, um, <laughs> yeah. I have all these fears with that, but I found that, and I mean, you know, the highlight story in my life is my adoption story. I'm sure it's similar for you, Amanda. It's just like, I felt, yes, there's been scary stuff along the way there, but the peace I experienced in the midst of that uncertainty of the adoption process yeah. was like, I'm jealous for those early days when we weren't sure if Joy was going to make it. I'm not jealous for the circumstance, but I'm jealous for right. where my heart was at because yeah. I was just like drenched in that in that yes. peace I get that. that the Lord I gives. I actually get that. Oh yeah. my gosh. Mm-hmm. It was like, how am I going to get through this day? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't got it. How did you say it? I don't got it. Whatever it is. This. We don't I don't got, got this. this. And it was like, that was such a beautiful time for my soul. And so I think that yeah. the answer it's to- It's so biblical. I mean, it, that's yeah. like for in my weakness, yes. his, his it's all over perfected. It. It's all yeah. over scripture. It's And obedience looks like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But the place to start is, what does scripture tell me to do? You know, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> what did Jesus say? Am I doing mm-hmm. it or am I too scared to do it? And if I'm too scared to do it, let me just like take a step out and do it scared and see what happens. Yeah. And God has always mm-hmm. blessed yeah. me in those moments with mm-hmm. peace. Yeah. I asked you for like, a, how do we make this real and tangible? And I think that's exactly what you've given us mm-hmm. is like, okay, well, you do, you know, Emily P. Freeman's is the next right thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't, not necessarily in this context, but like, that's what comes to mind also is like, Princess you do Anna the Frozen. next thing. Mm-hmm. Also, Princess Anna. <laughs> I have daughters. Um, but this narrative for the He is Your Peace Day and Judges, I mean, the context is that things are bad for Israel, which is often happens in the Old Testament. Classic um, Israel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they disobeyed. And so their disobedience resulted in oppression and poverty, and it was rough. And the Lord is sending... Gideon to them. He's calling Gideon to go and be a prophet. And Gideon says in verse 13, Gideon said to him, to the angel of the Lord, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Hmm. And where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? They said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. That's a real honest prayer. Yes, Mm -hmm. it is. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. I am sending you. Hmm. And then he says again, please, Lord, how? How can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest. In my, I am the youngest of the weakest. That's a pretty, that's a, a niche right there that he's filling. In verse 16, but I will be with you, the Lord said to him. You will strike Midian down as if it were one man. Here's the thing. This story, again, thank you, Lord, for Scripture, because, God, if you're God, and you've done all these things, and we're your people, like, why is this happening? They keep saying, remember the God who did this thing, Mm -hmm. but where are you now? So what we don't see in Gideon right here, and what I've read, is peace. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He is very much not at peace, but you know what he does is he obeys. And I'm going to just follow my little thread here, because I'm backing us up to the day before. There's a tiny verse from Isaiah 26 in the previous day's reading, and it says this, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, Hmm. for it is trusting in you. That struck me this time because that trusting is an active verb. It's not... It trusted. Yeah. It's not, you keep the mind in perfect peace, for it trusted in you. No, it's trusting, Mm -hmm. actively trusting the Lord. And it's not future tense, for it will trust in you once it's in peace. You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. Mm. And so the trusting in God, whatever that looks like, if that's obedience, that's prayer, that's worship, Mm -hmm. that's you know, the being honest with ourselves, with our community, with the Lord in prayer, actively trusting in God. And that still feels pretty abstract, but I think that is one of the how-tos. I don't want to give a how-to, but you know what I mean, for <laughs> yeah. peace. I think 
tense matters. And mm-hmm. we've been talking, we talked about that with Sissy. We talked about that with Travis mm-hmm. because it's trust in the Lord with all your heart and he will make your path straight. It's not God's going to make your path straight so that you will trust in him. Yeah. <laughs> the tense matters, right? In this, you're just saying like, be actively trusting, not past tense, not future tense, but it matters. Like, the peace comes in the presence. It matters so much. All right, girls, we don't have a lot of time left, but you know what we have to do. These conversations are going so quickly because they're so good. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Here, instead of having a conversation about this, I just want to put a little bug in your ear, friends who are listening, that when you're reading Day 18, I feel like we have a tendency to think about, because Day 18 is for He sends you. Yeah. And so it's it's Moses in the burning bush and God is sending him and Moses is like, again, you got the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Lord is like, no, 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 I'm sending you. You can tell him that. You can tell him I'm sending you. <laughs> it is I. Well, literally, I am <laughs> is sending you. Yep. And so I think like we think about the big like callings in life, mm-hmm. but I'm really interested currently in how this plays out in the everyday of life. Yeah. Like being sent as a disciple of Jesus and a gospel ambassador mm-hmm. to the world. Great and commission like, style. Yeah. Because great every one of sending. us is, is sent. Yeah. So homework, mm-hmm. just think about that and get back to me on Insta or something. Like, let's just tell me. Yeah. Tell me how you feel about that. Well, I think you're exactly um, right, though. I do think mm-hmm. God met Moses in the burning bush and sent him, and Jesus gave us the great commission right. and sent us. Right. And we think, well, Moses was being sent. Like or, he had a calling to go do this big thing. So I got to figure out what my big thing is. Or only the pastors get called to be pastors and mm-hmm. we're called to be whatever we're. I think Scarlett yeah. already said it. It's like the big thing are the small, that's the small obediences. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it is. That's the big thing. You're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Scarlett, did you have any feels about day 19 for he is able to heal? Because I oh, do. Yeah. <laughs> I sure do have some feels. I bet you do. Oh, guys. We have a little bit in common with our China kiddos. Yes. And that they both have ongoing medical mm-hmm. complexities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this notion of healing, and it's not a notion, it's a thing God does, mm-hmm. it's a thing Jesus did mm-hmm. as he walked the earth it and does. and continues to do mm-hmm. as he sits at the right hand of the Father. But we get this story in Mark 5, and a lot of you know it. I feel like we read it at least once a year around here, but where Jesus, you know, he's been healing people and word has gotten out. Mm -hmm. And so a synagogue leader named Jairus comes and he finds Jesus and he falls at his feet and he begs. This is Mark 5, 23, begs Jesus earnestly, my little daughter is dying. Come and lay your hands on her so that she can get well and live. There's got to be some fear. We talked last week about how fear mingles with grief. There's some fear mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus went with him. Okay, at the same time, a mm-hmm. woman who has had, she's been bleeding for 12 years. So she has a medical or she has a physical ailment where it's caused her to bleed for 12 years. Mm-hmm. She's Lots of doctors have seen her, no luck, nothing has helped. She actually got worse, it says. So she heard about Jesus. She goes up. She's thinking, if I can just touch him, mm-hmm. I can be healed. And so she did. Instant, this is verse 29. Instantly, her flow of blood ceased, and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And immediately, Jesus knew. Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd, and he said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you, and you say, who touched me? But he was looking around to see who had done this. The woman, verse 33, with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. Hmm. And then the story continues. It's like a... Uh, you know what I want to say. I a Mark and Sandwich. It's a Mark and Sandwich. <laughs> because you have two stories that are happening at the same time. So you've got this one with, with Jairus and his daughter. His daughter is dying. Come heal her. But then, middle of meanwhile, the mm-hmm. in the middle of the sandwich, we have this story about the woman who is healed. And then it goes back to Jairus. He's still there. And he says, the people came from the synagogue leader's house and says, your daughter's dead. Don't even bother him anymore. Jesus overheard what was said, and he told the synagogue leader, don't be afraid, only believe. And the end of that story is he goes and tells that little daughter to get up. Get up. Mm -hmm. And she does. Mm. So many feelings (laughs) that we don't have time to cover. 
talk to us about like, I mean, Scarlett, you were saying, I mean, y'all were just talking about how these stories have a special tender place for you. Anytime you read about healing in scripture, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, especially with y'all's experience as mothers of kids who are in various forms of healing and not being healed. Mm -hmm. How, what's your relationship with these stories? Yeah, man. You know, I keep Daniels on my mind. Like I said, I'm like deep in a Daniel Bible mm. study. Shadrach, yeah. Meshach, and Abednego. That's early. Where is that? Daniel. Yeah, that's early. Early Daniel. Early Daniel. Mm-hmm. I think yep. of them and they're, you know, the phrase that always sticks with me, you know, God's going to, I'm paraphrasing, God's going to rescue us. But even if he doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to obey. That's right. Um, exactly right. Yeah. And that is what stands out to me in this tender spot of, you know, having mm-hmm. our sweet joy. And, you know, Amanda, you with Toby, I'm sure you'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, I talk sometimes about when we first met Joy and we had these hopes for the healing that God was going to do. And, you know, it's like Jesus says here in this story in Mark, you know, your faith has made you well. And it's not that mm-hmm. I thought, okay, this is what God needs to do and I need Him to do it and He's going to do it. But I did have like, okay, I knew we were called to this. God, please heal her. And then we met her and she was medically so worse off than we hoped. Mm. And so for a long time in those early days, it was like, was God's idea of, you know, the gospel in our family to care for this body that will never communicate, that will never learn, that might not live very long. And so that adjustment and that, you know, year of wondering, mm-hmm. and you know, nothing is promised to us, but it was very humbling. And it definitely reminded me, you know, God doesn't give, you know, He gives not as the world gives. So yep. my idea of healing might not be His same idea of healing. And, you know, even now, Amanda, like, I can't imagine, like, medically speaking, Joy has been healed of so much. And now we're kind of in this emotional healing piece where she's asking me really hard questions. And her heart Mm. is starting to understand, like, hmm, why this? And why is life so much harder? Why can't people understand me? Why is life so much harder? Why can't I talk? I just want to talk. And simultaneously, Mm -hmm. this hope that I had for her, which was— Lord, please use us to share the truth of your word with her. Like, she's literally reading her Bible. Like, she learned how to read last year, and she's reading her Jesus Storybook Bible. And she's asking me questions like, Mommy, this idea had two wives? Like, she's getting it. Yes. (laughs) Okay, let's have a conversation. (laughs) But, like, it's so hard because— Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so hard Mm -hmm. because I'm like, yeah, like, I want you to talk too. And, like, Mm -hmm. it's easier from my standpoint of being a pretty healthy person— not currently actively dealing with any huge medical thing in my own life. Mm-hmm. It's easier for me to be yeah. like, God's going to heal you someday. Right. Someday you'll have a working mouth and working ears, Joy, and it'll be, you know. But I do, I think it's just so beautiful that we worship this yeah. God who has the power to raise a dead girl. He has the power Amen. to That's heal right. a bleeding woman. And we know He loves us, and we know that He does all things, that all things work together for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His mm-hmm. purpose. And it is That's true. Right. It's not some like, oh, I'm going to cling to this one day, things will be better. One day, things really will be perfect, and we really will be fully healed. And that's so, right. that's what stands out to me, <laughs> talking yeah, too much. that's right. That's right. No, you're not talking too much. And I think you're exactly right. Like we read these passages and these little things like don't be afraid, only believe, or he who trusts in the Lord doesn't lack any good thing. And we have to go, okay, how does scripture interpret scripture here? Right. And then we also see that he doesn't give as the world gives. And just like that upside down kingdom mindset that Jesus is talking to these people. He wasn't worried that Jairus's daughter was about to die and he didn't get to her in time or like there was just he had peace and he not only was he jesus to the bleeding woman and to jairus and his daughter and he was there and he knew and he cared but we have that same jesus and every time i think about it it's still just i'm in awe and so grateful Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think you're exactly right scarlett we have to hold this truth about god for he is able to heal Do not fear, for he is able to heal. I can't think super far ahead in life without feeling fear about Toby's conditions. And so I just don't think too far ahead. But, you know, as someone who believes these words are true, I have to hold this the same way that I hold all of these other truths, that the truth can't be tied to the outcome that I can envision or the outcome that I want to see like the outcome isn't proof 
of the faithfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's there's good. say that again. The outcome is, I well, as I'm saying it, I'm thinking like that's true, right? Yeah. yeah. Like these are the conversations that my heart and I have, where <laughs> I'm just like, that's true, right? The outcome is not dependent, it's not or the, proof the of his the faithfulness is not dependent on the outcome because he's faithful. Mm-hmm. Period. And he can heal, mm-hmm. period. And I believe he is healing, but he gets to define that. He, the good God, the giver of life, gets to define the healing and mm-hmm. the goodness and the life that That's he right. gives. And we do have this very real promise of Revelation 21. It's where mm-hmm. our study ends. Yeah. You know, that there will be, he will wipe away every tear. All of the tears that we cry in fear and grief and anxiety, mm-hmm. the tears that we have already established through the narratives that we've read in scripture over the past three years, three years, also that, <laughs> over the past three weeks, <laughs> the tears that he sees, the cries that he hears, That's right. that he's paying attention, he's aware, he's present, he's providing, all of those things. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Mm -hmm. The one seated on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. Hmm. Some of it, this is my ad lib, some of it you can see, some of it you can't see. Mm -hmm. But everything. That's right. He also said, right, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. I started it and I will finish it. That's right. That's right. And Amanda, that has to be it. Amanda, even your, you said this early on, your conversations in your own head of like, I can't think past today. Like that's obedience to Jesus when he said, don't worry about tomorrow because oh, tomorrow has its own problems. Oh, good. Like, and like he right. said that, not because he was like, don't you dare worry about tomorrow. It was because he knew you can have the peace and joy mm-hmm. that is like overflowing out of you, which is so evident to right. people like me who are just looking from afar mm-hmm. when you obey that and you are. And what he said in the story of Jairus and his daughter, don't be afraid. Yeah. Only belief. Only belief. You broke eye contact with me when I said that to you, and I know why. What? <laughs> just it was a little too like. Yeah. I believe. Help my unbelief. Yeah. That was a different father in scripture. Yeah, but very, uh, true. very relevant. You guys are so good Scarlet. to talk to. <laughs> uh, I love talking oh, to you. This is, it's my favorite when a podcast session doubles as a therapy session, that's and that's what this one has done. Yeah, friend so, time. Thank yeah. you. There's this little prayer included in the book, and I was so thrilled when our team suggested including it because it is not only one of my favorites, longtime favorites, but it, you know, and we sat around the table and talked about it. When we did the vision meeting for Do Not Fear, I think we all just cried through the whole meeting, just Mm -hmm. kind of sharing the way that these scriptures have (laughs) have intimately impacted us and the way that Lord has used His Word for us. And so, but even as we talked about this prayer, it's called St. Patrick's Breastplate. And I mean, for those of you who have your study books, it's on pages 90 and 91 in the study book. When our daughter passed away, there was a song our church sang, this put to music, Mm -hmm. and we would just sing it again and again at home in our homes, quiet in our beds, and we would pray this prayer. And it is sort of a beautiful summary of everything that we've been reading. I would love to read it for you guys as a benediction, if I may. Yes, please do. Um, I'm not going to sing it, though. Again, bonus Bonus track. Bonus bonus content. So St. Patrick's Breastplate, it's longer than this, but this is the main part that we included. Close your eyes if you can where you are. Hear it, pray it. It says, Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who wrote that. St. Patrick? St. Patrick, I would assume. <laughs> it's on his breastplate. Maybe somebody wrote it for him. I don't know. This is true. I mean. Listen, I might be wrong about this and somebody can fact check me. I think this was printed on his shield. Am I totally wrong about that? I do not know. We're going to find that out. That'll be a fun research. But it is now in my, in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> the Wikipedia of my brain uh-huh. now thinks so. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> okay, well, listen, we are so out of time, but I don't care. I still want to ask you my favorite question to ask our guests. Scarlett, we just spent an hour opening God's Word and talking about the beauty, goodness, and truth that we found there. Yeah. And it's our tradition to ask our guests at the end of each episode, where in your life are you seeing beauty, goodness, or truth, and or all the things that are pointing you to Jesus? Last time I prepared for this question, this time I thought, it'll come to me in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, in the moment. You know, I have just gone through extreme loss. We moved in uh, in May, and in August, my uncle, who was like a father figure to me, who was my only living mm-hmm. relative out here in California, passed away by suicide. Two weeks later, my grandma, who was like a mother figure to me, passed away. Two weeks later, 16 mm-hmm. days so later. sorry. Thank oh you. Oh, Scarlett. And I mean, you know, it's like impossible grief. It's like, how do you mm-hmm. live with that? It's extreme grief. It was yeah. extreme grief. We got sick the day that um, mm-hmm. my uncle passed away. I found out I was sick, mm-hmm. quarantined, you know, the whole family oh, got sick, we quarantined. Babe. So um, it was just like impossible. And the thing is, yeah. since we moved, I've been in scripture, you know, in a new place, doing my new routines and my new whatever. And yeah. I remember <laughs> when we moved into this new house, the guy who lived here before, like, made the roof into, like, you can go up and sit on the roof, um, like, in chairs and stuff. So, it's, like, one oh, of my fun. favorite little spots. And I was sitting there, and I had been in the book of Job, and I'm just reading about his suffering, and I was just in this moment when we just moved here, and everything was all new and shiny, and I was just like, man, I'm going to suffer while I live in this house. <laughs> I'm not suffering right mm-hmm. now, but God is still mm-hmm. going to be God. He's still going to be good. And it was such a weird thing because it was like I was just— in this new rhythm and in this new sweet time, kind of unhurried. You know, we moved and it was like all the stuff I was committed to was gone. And for several months, I had like Mm -hmm. nothing to do. My book (laughs) manuscript was, I was just like doing nothing and just spending time with the Lord. And then all this stuff fell apart and it was so tragic and horrible. And I was so sad, but it was like, when I said I was jealous of when we first adopted Joy and I had that dependence, Mm -hmm. it was such a sweet gift of God's presence. Like, He's always with mm-hmm. me, but oh my goodness, did I know He was with me. And yeah. did, oh my goodness, did God use the saints? Like, I'm in CBS Bible mm-hmm. study, this 80-something-year-old woman, no idea. We don't talk about our lives. She doesn't know me. She doesn't know what I'm going through. What she said about the scripture that she had studied the week before mm-hmm. was like exactly what I'd out loud wrestled. Like, God, how can I be at peace with my uncle's <laughs> death? How can I be at peace with the, you know, how can I be at peace with this when I know the truth, but I'm not okay with it? And then she, her just reminding me of the character of God in the exact yeah. way I needed it. That is where I've seen the beauty and goodness and truth is just yeah. Christians on the other side of the country <laughs> doing what I'm doing and walking That's through right. suffering and reminding me who God is and how, that I can trust Him. I love Amen. that. I'm so glad. Oh, thank you. Life is hard, man. <laughs> God is yeah, good. That's a I'm great sorry. summary. Yeah, that's <laughs> hard. God is good. Both things are true. Well, listen, this is the last episode of the Do Not Fear series. Thank you, Scarlett, for joining us for that. You're Thank you. such a good guest. I love you guys. Guest. I love talking to you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and believe it or not, next Monday begins Lent. And as y'all know, listening, we are going to be reading the book of Ezekiel for Lent. I would say so get excited because that's my favorite thing to say right now, but um, <laughs> I will say that. But my eyeballs got real big when yeah. she said it, even though yeah. I already know it's true that we're going to read Ezekiel. Is it, it gird your feels, loins instead, maybe? It I don't feels know. like a tall order. It's yeah. going to be good, you guys. We're going to rely on the Lord and the Holy Spirit. And here's what us. we found. We found that, like, I mean, I remember feeling that way when we were getting ready as a community to read Revelation. Mm-hmm. And a couple of, like, Job is another one. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the studies that I look back on with the most fondness. Mm-hmm. And I think the community does, too. I think we find that, like, sometimes we're intimidated by these books of the Bible, but it's kind of like a, well, then there's no better way to go through it than together. Mm-hmm. Let's go through it together. And so let's Lent together for the next seven weeks, and let's read Ezekiel and... I think that we're going to learn a lot about the character of God. I think we will. And I think that there's a lot we would miss out on if we didn't read the book of Ezekiel. In fact, I know okay. that to be true. I'm so in. I'm recommitted. I'm selling you on it. We're yep. going to do it starting next Monday. <laughs> Listen, until next week, though, Scarlett, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles. Keep opening your Bibles.